All right, Brian. First, first episode of the uh, Peak Pros podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's COVID-19, social distancing. We're like family, though. I mean, I think that we can cut the We're six like feet away a little bit. Four feet, but we've got Purell and wipes. Just so in case. That should be good. And I think that'll, that'll cover us for the next uh, 20 minutes or so. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we wanted to share with all of you um, what we do here at Peak and kind of get more involved with the community and talk a little bit about the business. So, yeah, I'm Mia. I'm the personal trainer here at Peak Performance. and I'm Brian. Brian Tenenhouse started this business uh, about four years ago. And the business school that I never went to to uh, open up my own PT practice never told me in a million years how to prepare for COVID-19 or whatever this is that's going on. So, yeah, so here we are, and we've got a little extra time on our hands, and Mia said, let's do this podcast. I was like, you know what? That sounds like a kind of cool idea. Why are we doing this again? Yeah, well, um, obviously, it's the coolest thing to do lately, but besides that, um, yeah, I just, uh, I know that a lot of people get information these days through podcasts, and right. so... That's um, that's one way to just really reach the community, and you know, if you're like on a, like a long car ride, instead of just listening to music, you can learn some more information about that. So yeah, so, yeah. all right. Well, this is going to be cool. I'm excited. Um, I think to start out with, we should sort of introduce ourselves and talk a little bit about who we are and how we got here. So yeah. you take the podium. Sure. How'd you get here? I got here about six months ago. Okay. Um, but yeah, but before that, I was a high school PE teacher. Um, I wanted to explore different routes just besides PE, kind of advance my career a little bit. And I was always interested in training. So I used to belong to different gyms, belong to the Y. I really enjoyed working out and working with people. Um, But I also wanted to just explore like the one-on-one sessions. So I'm used to teaching like group training or like the, the group exercise through physical education, but it was so cool to explore that route. So I got my ACSM certification. I worked full-time at the YMCA as a personal trainer and just fell in love with it, um, even more so than teaching. And just moving back to my hometown, I was looking at um, different career opportunities and came across Peak, and it seemed like the right fit. And I'm just happy to be here, and it's been six months. Yeah, so we're thrilled to have her. We we definitely lucked out. Um, we've had a few people in the past, and they were they were pretty good, but we've definitely been really blessed to get Mia here and now we just got to get through the next few months of this craziness and we'll be right picking up right where we left off. So talk to me a little bit more about some of the programs that you've started here and, and some of the things that we've sure. been running with here. Sure. So a couple things. I work with individual clients. Um, since this is a physical therapy clinic as well, um, we have we share a lot of the, the clients and patients and we work like really closely together too. So, um, you know, sometimes they come in with like an ACL injury or like um, a rotator cuff injury. Once they progress through um, all of their treatments with Brian, Brian will send them along to me and I'll help them with exercise, get them back to some of their, um, you know, pre-op activities that they'd like to do, whether that's running, whether that's tennis, whether, you know, getting back to a team sport. But yeah, we work with um, clients and patients of all ages and all abilities and different programs. But, um, but yeah, besides individual training, we do some group classes. We do some kids' classes here. One of uh, the bright spots of our day is teaching the ninja classes. Um, we'll have to show you guys our, our space in a little bit, but we have rings. We have a rock wall here. We have a pegboard. We have a turf. So we utilize all this really cool equipment 
in our ninja classes and with our patients and clients. Um, but besides that, we, yeah, we do sports specific training here. I'm working with like a running group right now, a youth running group. Um, you know, we work with triathletes. We, we do all sorts of t- types of programs. And um, yeah, Brian, why don't you talk a little bit about what you do here at Peak as well? Um, and, yeah. And, and um, how you also, you know, became involved with physical therapy. Yeah. So, well, to start out with, uh, my story is, uh, you know, I was in the PT profession for, you know, probably seven to 10 years, somewhere around there where I took my first manual physical therapy class. And, you know, people asked, do you do manual PT? And I was like, yeah, I do some manual PT. And, and then I started to go more, more and more courses and realize what I was doing was manual, but it was 10% of my session. Um, you know, I used to work in kind of the rat race environment where you, sometimes I would see 15 to 20 people in a seven and a half hour workday. Um, so I would try to get my hands on everybody. I would try to have good conversations with everybody, but the truth is there's only so much you can do. So I was doing a lot of, I felt like a band director. I was like, you're going to do over there. You want to do your straight leg raises. And I would be working on someone's knee, you know, maybe an incision over the knee where they had a a knee replacement. And then I'd say, "Oh, Oh, and make sure you remember here a little higher on the bike, try to get your speed up. So I was just doing so much. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. We had a fun time there. It was a really um, enjoyable environment. I love the therapist that I worked with and the patients, but I just didn't feel like I was able to give the type of care that I really know that I was capable of giving. And so then I, uh, I was talking to doing a residency program down in Greenwich where I got some training and, and I decided to go move forward with the certification through the Institute of Physical Art, which is a manual therapy-based uh, paradigm. And it really just kind of gives you a framework on how to treat anybody. So, you know, somebody may come in and say, do you treat migraines? And I, I, I always can say yes now. You know, I always can break down the layers, so to speak, when somebody comes in and Maybe they have lower back pain, maybe they have knee pain, but I understand now that the hip drives the knee, the foot drives the knee, but even if it's not a hip or a foot problem, it could be the way they move. So we, we have a very specific way we look at the body, but we also realize you can't um, shove a square peg into a round hole when some people just don't fit the mold and you have to look at everything that's going on with that person's case. And the truth is, um, you know, you, you just, you have so much potential to treat when you have 60 minute sessions. And so that's one of the things that I've brought here to peak, uh, being able to treat people for 60 minutes at a time. And, and usually we're in the private treatment room, but sometimes we'll come over here into the gym space and we'll watch them move. We'll watch them run. We'll watch them get, you know, up and down as if they were getting in and out of a chair and that sort of thing. And I feel like I've heard so many patients before coming to peak talk about how they don't get enough time with a physical therapist. Right. It's more like maybe 20 yeah, to 30 minutes and just some basic exercises. And here you go. Like you're kind of right. off on your own. So like since I've been working here, I've been hearing a lot of patients like appreciate the time that you spend with them right. and just being able to like really treat everything, like you were saying, like as a whole right. versus, oh yeah, your knee, here's these three exercises. Right. Like it goes so much more beyond that. And I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. And, and in terms of working with Mia, one of the things that's been so awesome is that 
you know, there's, there's three types of people if you want to just try to break it down. There's somebody who is kind of done with PT and they, they still want someone to help them get to the next step. Okay. Then there's the second type of person and they're the, the person who they're currently in PT, but they still want more um, in terms of a therapeutic exercise or a strength training core activation type of mm. program. And that's where Mia and I can kind of keep that conversation going. What are you doing with them currently? What, what, what do you not want me to do? And that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then the third person, um, which is always awesome is somebody that Mia with her marketing brings in that didn't even know about peak. They never saw me. They never needed me. And they're coming straight on from the street, so to speak. And they're going to start working with Mia. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just a really awesome teamwork that we've been able to create in just such a short period of time. So I, I'm grateful to have somebody who is a nice compliment. I feel, mm-hmm. um, from a lot of perspectives, we, we kind of work well together, but we're not the same person. And I think that's helpful too. No, absolutely. Um, you know, when you, when you found, like, how did you find this space? And I know you probably took some time, like looking around locally, you know, how just decide on Madison versus yeah. a different town. And what do you think? Yeah. So, um, it started a couple years back, um, kind of a, a bad story in some ways, but the landlord where I, I, I first, after I got my certification and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this, I'm going to go try it out and see what it's like to start my own practice. I said, let's, let's find a place, a commercial space, if you will. And so I was, uh, I was renting a space of the, I won't name the, the location, but it was about five minutes from here in Guilford near the green. And it was a cool group of people. Um, it was a, a holistic center where a lot of people were very like-minded and we all were, um, looking to help the community without drugs, medication, injections, you know, surgery, basically, we were all looking to help people. The one, like, I don't know, sore point in the center was the landlord. And he was just such a jerk. He really didn't care about any of us uh, from a from a nice standpoint. He was just really like, it, it just seemed like he, he had it out for me. And so um, I was I was within a very short period of time, I had been there for about a year and a half. And I said, I can't, I can't do this for myself anymore. I'm, I'm not happy to be here. And so um, I said, you know what? My options are either find another place to rent mm-hmm. or maybe go buy a place. And so I, um, I stumbled upon this place here, which is um, a really cool facility. We're here at Prestige Park in Madison, very close to the Guilford shoreline. So, I mean, honestly, I, I feel like in some ways this place is just, a, it's almost like a diamond in the rough. You know, like I love Madison and Guilford, but we're in the back of this building where a lot of people don't know too much about us. Um, but the truth is we're, we're minutes from the shore. We're in, we have a beautiful location in that we could go to the Guilford green in five minutes. We can get to the Madison town center in five minutes and we can get to the actual ocean in five minutes. So, um, within a year or so I decided to buy the space next to us and we decided to, create this gym space that we're sitting in. Everyone who walks in here is like blown away. Wow, that, that space is beautiful. You guys did such a great job. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's awesome because I kind of got lucky. I don't know much about design, but I just wanted to create like an adult jungle gym or a place that's um, a place to work out that's happy, that's bright, that's invigorating, 
and yet that it's different. So yeah, maybe you can describe a little bit more about what you like or what your impression was when you first came here. Yeah, so um, I think, so we have two entrances. We have a side and a back. And I think I came through, what do you call the side? The gym entrance or do you call it? Exactly, so I call okay. that the side entrance okay. and then back. Uh, that's that's the back entrance, but you know, gotcha. It yeah. varies depending on which way you're facing. Yeah, it's funny. Like the building's set up in like this oblique kind of way, so it's it's hard to tell which one's the side or the or the back. But I came in through the gym space, and it just like it was like this beautiful open space with a lot of nice bright colors, and I just felt like it was very warm and inviting, and um, you know, meeting you too, and like you sharing all your goals for your practice and. You know, I feel like it was very similar to what my goals are for like my career and my practice. And so, um, you know, after speaking with you and like looking at everything you offer here, I'm like, this is the coolest space. Even though, you know, it's, it's not a YMCA or things like that where you have tons of machines, but you really don't need that. Right. I feel like as long as you have um, like, you know, the bands and in like some basic weights and some kettlebells and you have one squat, squat rack and you have a bunch of plates and like a rock wall and like rings. So like, you set it up where there's plenty of space to move around. Like we can host anywhere between like, you know, one to 12 people here, like very comfortably, um, you know, and for a variety of different classes and you, they can get a really sweaty workout in for right. sure. Um, I think it's, it's plenty and you know, it's, we're growing, we're, you know, getting new equipment every, every month. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like it's, I feel like a kid in a candy shop because everybody loves more equipment, but if you go to a lot of these gyms, what people call like the boutique gym, mm -hmm. um, you basically, you'll often see just clutter and you see too much stuff and, you know, people get enamored by the, the, you know, the ab roller or, you know, all these different machines. But, you know, 2020, uh, putting aside coronavirus and all these other challenges that 2020 is bringing us, we're also kind of learning different and better ways to work out and, you know, we, we've gotten past the point that it's all about the abs and we're learning that there's different ways to, to train the body in much more safe environment and frankly, more fun, you know, and one of the themes that we do have here that I think is important to point out is I'm all about pulling. You know, I think a lot of people, you know, in the, in the workout world, you might sort of think this is funny. Um, Every day, every Monday is chest day, right? And, and why is that? Like chest day for people who love the gym, it's all about pushing and, and you know, I, I, I buy that. I do, I do like to bench press. I do like to do push-ups. But the truth is our world is down here and we need to be more here. Mm. So, you know, you start the day, you know, whether it's texting or reading your Kindle, reading the newspaper, eating your cereal, it's everything laptops, computers, our body is becoming here. Oh, the cell phone, like constantly scrolling through Instagram. Right. You know, you're not going outside because it's a rainy day. Like, yeah, like you were saying, everyone's kind of like rounding out their shoulders and just right. stuck. Like, so constantly. I, I put a lot of things in here that are not driven towards pec and front, but rather pulling. Mm -hmm. And so we've got abilities to do pull-ups, climbing, hanging, um, a lot of different types of things to help reverse the, the ratio, if you will. There's, most people do chest 
to back probably two to one ratio in their in their workout world. And what we're trying to sort of reverse is get more people to build their backups, their back strength and try to reduce the the constant focus on chest, 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 mm. because ultimately for the health of your shoulders, for the health of your lungs and for the health of your overall uh, uh, even just mindset, if we're bringing here, you feel more confident, you look more confident as opposed to people who are very down here. It just, it's yeah. not really great for us. Well, and yeah, to go off of that too, like a lot of uh, like clients that I've been seeing too, coming from like some of those shoulder injuries, they always talk about, yeah, how that, that like push up hurts and how that bench right. press hurts. But some of the other stuff that you're just describing, like, like a like row kind of felt fun. Right. Exactly. So yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Sure. So, um, talk to me, you know, you had mentioned earlier a little bit about some of your career goals. Mm. Like what, what are some of your, you know, your dreams, your goals, short term or long term goals? Like, what do you, you know, what do you see yourself doing? Where, where do you want to go? Yeah. I just have a lot of interest in physical activity. You know, that's why I was a PE teacher from yep. the start. Um, yep. And, you know, just from a young age, I was always moving, whether it was like running around a track or whether it was playing volleyball in the summertime with some friends. Um, but yeah, as I, you know, go through different types of classes or just explore different areas, I'm kind of learning out more of my interests. And so one of them for sure is yoga. Mm -hmm. um, I'm kind of self-teaching like right now. I'm doing like a lot of YouTube videos. Um, I really like you know, power flows, um, also some gentle stretching too, especially like after like a long run where I'm kind of sore, um, just to kind of keep everything moving and instead of being stick and kind of stuck, like you were talking about kind of hunched over on the couch. Right. Um, so I just like to keep moving and explore, but yoga for sure. Um, especially like arm balances and things like that. But, um, you know, besides like the actual like movement piece and looking into like other types of like credentials, like another is the CSCS, which is like one of the gold standards for um, personal training. And I have one of them as well, like the ACSM, but um, specifically for like the strength and conditioning piece, you know, when I'm working with all of my runners and like we're teaching group strength and conditioning classes, especially like this summer, we're going to have a running camp. Um, we're going to host a lot of different athletes to get them ready for their cross country season. So I'm thinking, yeah, I think that CSCS would be like a really good credential to have. Um, yeah. But how about you? Like any, any thoughts to as to, extra credentials. I know there's a lot that physical therapy also um, offers. Too, yeah. Well. Yeah. So um, I'd say the biggest one right now is um, something called the postural restoration Institute. They, they lead a lot of different continuing education classes and I'm considering going down that road for uh, a certification. And the truth is it's a major paradigm shift from what I have been studying over the past, you know, it's been now probably, eight years or so that we've been doing the IPA. And I, I will always use that as foundational treatment uh, paradigm, I, I guess you could say, or methodology. But the Postural Restoration Institute is just, it's, it's kind of mind blowing. They'll, they'll basically give you various exercises that are very different. You know, we're talking like go onto your hands and knees next to a wall and then bringing your leg out to the side um, and then trying to shift your spine, rotate here, you know, like mm. it's a very specific approach and their whole thought process is that you can, you know, our body is a little bit asymmetrical basically. So yeah, if, if, if I look at you, I see, you know, head, two arms, two legs and a torso, but 
if we take an x-ray, we realize it's actually not symmetrical, right? We've, mm. got, we've got this major liver that sits here. We've got the heart that's slightly offset to the left. So you've got these two lungs, but if you look at the lungs, they're not symmetrical because one of the lungs is kind of shifted upwards mm. because of the size of the liver. So you've got multiple diaphragms in the body other than the major diaphragm, which is our, our functional muscle for breathing. Mm. And so because of this sort of asymmetrical pull that we have, a lot of our bodies are also asymmetrical. Even when you look at the spine and it looks symmetrical. So the whole point is... Um, and then add injury to that too. Well, right. right. And then Compensation. You, exactly. Oh, yeah. So... Yeah, so um, I'm going to go off of that in just a second. So, yeah, like I just I've, – I've been to a couple of their courses and it's just – it was awesome. I was like, man, I need more of this. Um, and so, it, you know, I just think as a PT, the longer you're in this business, you can either kind of stick to what you know or you can kind of try to go out and branch off into different directions. I love dry needling and I do want to continue to further my abilities with that. Um, I needle probably anywhere on a normal week, work week, um, two to three people a day. And sometimes needling only takes a couple minutes. It's not the whole session by any means, but I think dry needling is huge. And I'm, I love that Connecticut allows us to do it. And I think that it's a, it's a great part to my tool chest, but I want more tools. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we use some other stuff. I, I want to pers uh, pursue grassing technique, which is another thing that I think with some of my runners could really benefit from, but not for nothing. It's pretty painful from what I've heard. So is that breaking up scar um, tissue or yeah. yeah, a lot of times you'll use it, you know, it's like a metal kind of a bar tool that you'll really kind of scrape along some of the muscle tissue. You can use it on the plantar fascia. On scars and stuff too. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're going to want to book people like at 6am when no one else can hear them screaming basically, because yeah, that's one I of those it. things. <laughs> Um, but, <laughs> but speaking of injuries, so you had an injury. So I've actually had a couple, um, more like minor lame ones kind of, but, but you, you had, had back surgery. <laughs> I, I, that's true too. But you had the ACL. So yeah. talk to me about how that sort of impacted your, yeah. your life as an athlete and how you kind of approach patients and clients. Yeah. So, um, when I was teaching high school PE, I was officiating a game and I was like, sprinting down the sideline, um, one of my students by accident just like stepped in front of me and I, I tried to avoid hitting him by quickly like juking off to the side, like cutting step and I heard a pop. Um, mm. And I was like, I know that there's something going on here. Um, this is before I kind of knew more about like, um, you know, physical therapy and like the injury side of things. So like I was like, is this my meniscus? Like, you know, what's right. going on here? So yeah, I fell to the ground. Um, I was like, okay, this is serious. I felt like kind of like my kneecap shift and kind of come back into place a little Ooh. bit. And then I stood up and I had um, like a little stutter step and I was like, all right, I need to go to the school nurse. But I finished teaching that block, um, you know, and yeah, through the help of the school nurse, you know, my athletic trainer that was um, at the school there, uh, and then just getting an MRI down the road, like a few weeks later, going to orthopedic, found out I tore my ACL completely. And, you know, someone who's super athletic, um, I was like, I need to get the surgery. I know some people right. opt not to um, and kind of just strengthen like the muscles around, like the hamstrings specifically um, and the glutes. But I was like, I, you know, if I'm going to be using or moving around for my entire career, I'm going to need to definitely repair this. And so yeah. got that done. Um, and for those of you who do not know much about the ACL recovery period, 
it's between like nine to 12 months to get back to activity. Um, so Unless just re- you're Adrian Peterson. Oh, enough. and then that's what, you're six months or something? He was, he was like back on the football field in six or seven months. And, and got like, like a record. Like 2,000 plus yards. That was, like not, most people aren't AP though. <laughs> I tried. I know. I thought about him when I was going through it and I was like, it's still not enough motivation. Exactly. For me. <laughs> but I, um, yeah, so I, around like nine months, I, I felt like, okay, I'm like back to like five Ks and things like that. But those next three months, I really had to, um, you know, just hone in on everything that like I needed to focus on, like balancing, strengthening the hamstrings to prevent like other revisions. And, um, it took a toll, like not physically, like not only physically, but just like mentally too. Like I felt like I was not moving as much, um, which was kind of tough because it's like my stress relief type of, um, you know, coping strategy. Um, it was my social piece of my life too. Like, that's how I met my husband through activity. Like I met so many friends, like, you know, I love beach volleyball, like I said before. And so that was just really challenging. Um, I feel like that was the, probably the biggest challenge because I felt like, okay, like nine to 12 months, like physically that's, that's okay. Like, yeah, like my leg looks so much you know, thinner than my other leg, but right. I know it's going to get back right. to that point. But yeah, the, mentally that was tough. Um, so then I decided like, what can I do to kind of just feel better? And I just got into meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the, the app headspace. Yep. I like, um, you know, the whole calm, soothing, um, different techniques, ways to, um, not like just get rid of, of like negative thoughts, but ways to accept them and like let them pass like in this very peaceful way. And, um, there's a whole like process that, how you can do that. And like, I felt so much better after the, you know, the first three weeks, right? Like the 21 days to build a habit, just doing that practice all the time really helped me just kind of get over, um, some of that like mental trauma that I was experiencing. But I try to like, when I have clients, um, that we work with who express, you know, being stressed after like a surgery or like, um, you know, just kind of getting down themselves and, maybe the physical piece feels like it's getting better, but they just kind of feel like a little anxiety going on. Mm -hmm. I always like, you know, recommend headspace and I share some strategies with them. That's really helped them. Um, in addition, you know, just to, you know, helping them with the physical piece too. But, but yeah, that's just something I always strive for. Not only like, just like what we talked about before, like a holistic approach, um, you know, mind and body connection is huge. Right. Right. Yeah, I've actually had a lot of people who've kind of commented, yeah, Mia's got such a nice way about her, or she's got a good, um, upbeat way. And it, mm. and I think it's, you don't have an annoying, bubbly way, <laughs> which is where people sometimes are a little too much. Like, you know, I'll never forget a friend of Ooh. mine who, who used to work with, um, and she was like, God, are you ever not happy? Yeah. <laughs> and, and the truth is like, it's okay to be not happy or it's okay if you're often happy, but, right. um, it's just, it's nice to have like a kind of a smooth mm. way of being pleasant yeah. as opposed to being kind of in the fit in your face, like a little bit obnoxious when somebody's really not, you know, not yeah. thrilled to be here that day or whatever. And you kind of just make it, more enjoyable to be around. Oh, good. So, well, yeah. yeah, likewise, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you had a pretty major back surgery. Though, yeah. Too. So, yeah. So 15 years ago, approximately I had, um, I had a micro discectomy and it was kind of the culmination of, uh, a tennis career, uh, and then laying a deck. Um, and then also kind of the type of work that I was doing at the time, it just kind of all came to a head and it was, 
it was a tough time. Um, the recovery was was certainly much easier. I'd say three weeks I took off from work, and then I was sort of the next six weeks or so I was back to work on a more of a light duty sense. Mm-hmm. But I was uh, I was able to do a little bit more each week, um, being careful, being smart. And then I did you know several months of PT, but more just because I was a PT and it was like I know how important this is. And then essentially, I'd say six months or so, I was back to doing, you know, just about everything I wanted to do. I was definitely back to running and and exercise. Um, You know, I think I was playing tennis by then. But it took some time to really get that mental confidence back. You know, when you hit a tennis ball, especially if I've been doing it for, you know, at that time, close to 20 years, um, to hit it is one thing, but to play tennis and really play the way you know you can was a completely different beast. And I ended up actually getting back to playing tons and tons of tournaments and all sorts of stuff quite aggressively. Um, few years, a few years back before I then went on to do some triathlon training. And that's when I got into more triathlons and distance training and things like that. And to go off of that too, Brian's an Ironman. <laughs> yeah. So, that happened. Yeah, that's <laughs> it <feels> intense. Like, <laughs> excuse me. It feels, feels like eons ago. Um, it was so I did my Ironman in Montreal, Montreal. Um, <clears throat> and it happened like it was about 10 days before my daughter's due date, which was my first of two children. And, you know, everyone was like, so what are you, you going to do it? Are you going to do it? Because when you sign up for those things, my wife wasn't pregnant yet. And I was officially signed up and I was mentally in, I'm going to do this. Mm. So then it became clear, like, all right, so her due date is within two weeks of when the baby's supposed to come, you know? And I was like, well, what are you going to do? I'm going to train. I'm going to train. And then when we get closer and closer that, you know, your wife goes to the doctor every week by that time. And I kept saying, just please ask them, like, what do you think? And they get just kept saying, I'll see you in a week. Mm-hmm. And so... <laughs> Um, I left and I had my phone on me there during the whole race. I, I kind of flew home the very next morning. Um, it was kind of one of those things where I would have loved to have spent a few extra days there, but you know, you do what you got to do. Everything went great. I had a good race. I was really pleased. I had, you know, I could talk about some of the negatives, but I, I had a good race. You must and have been stressed about two pieces though, your family and then also the event itself. Yeah, it was, it was tough. Um, yeah. You know, the the nice thing is is my wife didn't hold it against me in one even ounce. Mm-hmm. So she was really, really supportive the whole time. And ultimately, nice. she was sad not to be there. But, of course, she wasn't allowed to leave the country for that yeah. seven, eight hours away. Um, so, yeah, that was tough. And then not having her there. I mean, that was, you know, before my kids were born, that was top three or four moments of my life. You know, mm-hmm. graduation was huge. Uh, PT school wasn't easy for me. Got through it. We managed. Everything was good. Uh, tennis career at college was was really solid. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was big. Like yeah. this was something that to me, when you don't know if you can do it until you finish it, that's that's a, a feeling that I wish everyone could experience. Not necessarily that, but I think biting off yeah. something that you don't know that you can swallow is <laughs> is healthy. Like you have to be able to train to learn how to do something like that and. Um, I think that's what grows us as people, you know, you can't just, you know, signing up for a 5k is great if you, if, you know, if that's your goal or if you 
don't think you could ever do more than that, that's totally fine. But I think sometimes it's healthy to push ourselves. Mm. And, you know, I know a lot of people think Ironmen are crazy, including myself. Tell people what it is. The it's a hundred and so we're 2.4 miles swim. And then you hop on a bike and you go 112 miles on a bike. And then you finish that up with 26.2 mile run. So it's intense. It's, uh, it took me a little over 12 hours and I was on pace for sub 12 and, and then some stomach things happen. So oh. we'll, uh, we'll take part two whenever that day comes. <laughs> I am doing another one, but I haven't signed up for it yet. So I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old. So as, as you know, little Mila and Brooks, it's, uh, it's tough and you're really, you know, your spouse makes a huge sacrifice as, as do you and your kids. So it's one of those things where, you know, I, I'm waiting for the right time to sign up to do yeah. something like that again. Yeah. I, um, I ran a marathon before and I remember spending all Sunday just like planting Gatorades and like goo packets yeah. in certain areas. If I didn't have like pockets and like my pants I was wearing that yeah. day. And then after you run like 17 miles, for the training, then you have to go drive and pick all the stuff back up. And then you have to like, oh, wait, we passed that tree. We have to go back and pick it up. So like, it's a it's huge a process. Commitment. Oh, yeah. And I remember just like starting sometimes when it's like just getting light out and then finishing like when the sun was going back down. So it's like a huge commitment, like you said, for family. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and you know what? Like, it's uh, it's a great commitment. Like, I, yeah. I absolutely think it's awesome. Um, but But, you know, you take – you know, at least I did about a six month training, you know, you're, you're sacrificing a good three months for sure. Where basically every weekend from my perspective, or in your case, mm-hmm. every Sunday, you know, is, yeah. is basically spoken for. Cause you come back from maybe a seven or eight hour training ride and you, you don't necessarily have very much energy. You try to rally for the kids or try to rally for your wife. You know, let's go for a quick mm-hmm. hike up Sleeping Giant, but you're ultimately dying every step of the way. Yeah. And that was when I was, you know, early 30s. Now things are, your energy load changes as you get older, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, that's true. So. But from that Ironman, you probably got so many triathletes also, like, who were like, wow, like, he's a PT. Like, he, he understands us. Like, he, you know, does triathlons himself. Did it grow after completing like your your, your triathlete population here and grow after that? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think going off of that, people hate when a doctor or a PT, chiropractor, anybody tells them, "Oh, well, it hurts when you run. Just stop running." Mm. And so, with that being said, people yeah. enjoy knowing that I get it. Yeah. I mean, I've done two seventy point threes. I've done a full Ironman. I've done several smaller triathlons. Um, tennis players also, they, they enjoy the fact that I can not just treat them on the table, but then I'll have them bring in their racket, their shoes, and I can try to watch them. We'll go out into the parking lot, or maybe I'll go out to their tennis court, um, lesson and I'll watch them move. I just want to be the therapist who takes it to the next level. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I like looking at someone on their bike, treating someone on the table alone you're doing them a disservice because the reality is if it hurts them when they're on the bike, has anyone looked at you on the, while you're on the bike? Well, Mm -hmm. yeah, maybe sometimes you got a bike fit, like that's integral for these types of people, but sometimes they still don't understand that. Well, if your ankle doesn't really dorsiflex or bend that well from a, you know, a, a chronically sprained ankle or a broken ankle from 12 years ago, they're not going to think about that. Mm -hmm. I do. And so I think that type of stuff matters. And I think the same goes from your perspective. Like people like to work with you because a, 
you're an athlete. Yeah. B, you look the part and then you're easy to be around and you obviously, you know what you're doing. So all of those things go together. Um, you know, I know Mia sometimes goes running with her clients. I mean, that's awesome. And I think a lot of people tell me they enjoy that and you're not going to find that with a lot of trainers. It's true. Yeah. Isn't there that or guy, the Al, Al or Hal, what's his, Hank, <laughs> there's a guy down the road. <laughs> I'm sure he's a nice guy. Yeah, that's true. Um, Never met him. I'm sure he's, he's awesome, but but yeah, no, I'll I'll be running. I won't be on my bike. I won't be in a car. Besides, I'll be running with you if you're uh, if you're running. If if you are doing a bike, though, I will be on the bike. But I'm just saying, yeah, <laughs> I'll be with you running and moving around for sure. Yeah, I think it just it's important that people are seeing you as a person, not just your coach or your mm-hmm. trainer or your therapist. They actually see a little bit about you that that makes it more personal. Mm-hmm. Speaking of personal, okay. um, that was a cheesy segue. So <laughs> like, what do you like to do on your own when you're not here? And you know, yeah. Um, honestly, like the past couple years since that ACL surgery. So I got my surgery in 2017, but I still, all my hobbies have to do with movement. Okay. And so I've been learning a lot of just yoga sequences, arm right. balance techniques, and spending a lot of time with that. But yeah, I have a, I have a dog. I have a husband. We go hiking together. Um, you know, I would say maybe the reason why um, after surgery was so tough for me is because all my hobbies do revolve around activity. Um, you know, I tried to learn how to knit. didn't go so well. <laughs> Um, I don't have the best fine motor skills. Like I play telestrations with my family, which is like that telephone game. You know, you have to write, um, you know, the clue and then you have to draw it and then you have to guess someone else's clue. And like, no one could ever guess mine because <laughs> my pictures were so awful. <laughs> so yeah, for me, um, all my time and passion, um, is just around activities. So yeah, a lot of my hobbies have to do yeah, with, with learning a new skill. Yeah. Um, you know, and I really enjoy learning new things. You know, if someone was like, hey, can I show you how to, you know, kickflip on a, on a skateboard? I might be a little terrified at first, but I would say yes, and I would, and I would give it a shot. Yeah. Um, so, That's like, awesome. I'm kind of open to that kind of stuff. But um, I know for you, you have your family. And, yeah, yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about your hobbies, too. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually very similar, um, you know, other than me being, like, a diehard Washington Capitals hockey fan. True. Right now, we're, like, struggling because there's no hockey. There's no sports or anything. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, we love being outside. And we love to just, like, like basically just mirroring what you guys are doing. Our dog, yeah. um, he's an outdoorsy kind of guy. So, between the dog, my kids, my wife, we, we love to do some hikes. Um, we've done lots of good traveling where a lot of our trips revolve around either photography mm-hmm. or photography at these national parks and things like that. I saw the pictures in the background. Uh-huh. Yeah, all the photos are, I think, of your art. A lot right? of, so, yeah. So speaking of which, you yeah. and Steve are going to have to go to New Zealand sometime Ooh. because, and we might have to do a separate podcast just on New Zealand. It's basically the outdoor adventure capital of the oh, world. Sweet. So, that sounds good. <laughs> uh, there's so much fun stuff to do there, and it's just one of the most beautiful, pure, clean places in the world. So. We'll wait until um, COVID-19 kind of uh, no, dwindles down real. a little bit. Yeah, yeah no, totally. That was, uh, that was a few years ago. That was one of our last, well, I shouldn't say that. That was one of our first big trips after we got married. Oh, nice. Um, like but honeymoon one story. of our last trips before the kids came oh, along. Yeah. Cool. So, nice. yeah. Um, so, yeah, what else What else do you want to talk about? Yeah. Um, any future projects that you have in mind to for Peak and where you see the business going? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think one of the things you sort of hinted at earlier, we're, we, we're 
planning on a, a big um, running camp this summer. Mm-hmm. And so we'll have to see how, how this whole COVID impacts that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was going to be probably July. So I think everything is going to be cleaned up by then. Gosh, I hope. Yeah. But, um, you know, so what we're looking at for that, we're just trying to create something where, you know, a running camp that's close to home. So a ton of our runners that come here, you know, high school and middle school runners are going up to Vermont, which is phenomenal. I've, I've heard great things about those camps, but this one will be similar, except it's close to home. And ultimately, um, what we're trying to achieve is it's not so much the running piece, it's everything else that's so complimentary to that. So I think... Yeah. I was going to say, they're so, runners are so used to running and that's it, right? right. Like they don't, uh, unless you have a really awesome strength and conditioning coach, right. um, you know, you don't do a lot of like glute and hamstring work, which is so key to like just their general running health. Um, so like what we did actually in December, we had like a little trial camp um, during their December break where we did a lot of strength and conditioning work using bands, strengthening like those two muscle groups. I was just talking about the hamstrings, the glutes, like the posterior chain, which is so key to just running health. So we're going to mainly focus on that, but also get some guest speakers like get a dietitian to come in and talk about like what you should be eating before, during, after a run, depending on distances and your goals. Um, we talked about goal setting, keeping a journal, things like that, um, just to keep track of what you're doing. Everything has a purpose. Right. So we want them to understand, yeah, this is why you're working your glutes and your hamstrings. This is why you're tracking your fitness. Um, this is why this guest speaker is coming in. So our goal is to just try to promote that health within the community. Right. And I think it's also important to kind of echo that, but also point out, it's not just about nutrition before, during, and after the race. Mm. It's like your general nutrition. Because mm. what do runners all have in common? They're burning a lot of calories. Mm-hmm. And so especially these kids that are, you know, 14, 15 years old, they, um, you know, sometimes they're skinny because they run a lot. And sometimes it's because they don't have good nutrition. And I think that's why that type of thing is so important to me. So I'm obviously all about injury prevention and mm-hmm. proactive approach to this. So my goal is to reach these kids from a standpoint of injury prevention, trying to keep them healthy because so many of runners, you know, 90% of runners get injured, but how many of these runners are missing some or all of their season because of a stress fracture or because of poor training, essentially, in my opinion. And so trying to teach them all of these other points about it. um, So, uh, you know, I've talked to Quinnipiac. I'd love to get um, their coach to come in. I'd love to get a current or past runner to come in who's been in the college process. I'd love to have people talk about the recruiting process. Um, And there's just so many levels to it all. We get some really solid runners that come in here. And I just want to kind of prep them for what's to come and, and also try to give them the best longevity for their running career as possible. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, yeah, other future projects. I know that we talked about different types of sports specific camps. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, soccer players, football players, um, softball players, you know, the list goes on, but I think just trying to change the mindset, I, the, 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 the phrase is physical literacy. So, some of that goes to younger people, like in their, you know, seven, eight, nine-year-olds, but it's really just trying to get through to parents and coaches and hopefully the athletes themselves that spending one hour once or twice a week with Mia doesn't take away from their ability to throw a, be- a better fastball. Mm-hmm. When the reality is 
it actually is adding to it because so much of the mindset is that you're going to lose an hour of training. It's true. When ultimately what we're trying to get the point, the, the point we're trying to drive home is that no, we're trying to improve your, the strength of your core and your rotator cuff and the, the range of motion in your elbow so that you don't end up needing Tommy John surgery when you're in 11th or 12th grade. Right. Yeah. And um, I feel like a lot of people treat training, oh, it's just going to the gym. Right. I think it's important for people to know, yeah, like, I want you to treat it as, as important as going to the dentist, as important as going to the doctor. This is your health. This is, right. to me, as important as anything else like you really need to make it a priority yeah. and that can prevent you from going to the doctor sometimes too you know if you're taking care of yourself mm -hmm. yeah so coming off of that um where, where do you think like where is this podcast going what, what do you think what do you want to do moving forward with this yeah um a couple thoughts so we definitely want to just like immerse ourselves more into the community and so i'm thinking we can interview some guests, whether that's a dietitian, um, maybe a running coach. Cause I know that that's like one of our big focuses here is like that, like endurance population, um, maybe some of our clientele, like our, our clients, our patients, um, to see their success story, hear their success stories and kind of share that with the community too. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think we can do a lot with it. I'm really looking forward to like diving into specific topics and just, um, not only talk about that, but also like learn more about that too. Right. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, I think we've got some good ideas and I think that'll be awesome to see what, what we have in store for, for yeah. the future here. Yeah, no, I'm really excited. Cool. Yeah, cool. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks awesome. guys. And, uh, we will catch up with you soon. So stay well, yeah, stay tuned. Yeah.